Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod. This is episode 74 presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Stephen Glick and Aiden Collins tonight as we bring you the latest news from the start of the 2022-2023 ACHA and CHF seasons. Uh, it's going to be back, boys. Goalie crew tonight. We got Fitz and Herm out of the lineup tonight, so that brings in Collins, and we got the goalie crew here. Glick is fired up to be here. Huge weekend for the Owls. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, for the first time, the goalies outnumber the skaters on a hockey house episode. So, but yeah, the boys had a great three game weekend. I rediscovered how to stop a puck, one goal against the two starts. Pretty decent weekend for myself. The boys got their first two wins of the year and was kind of hoping to uh, keep that energy going next week into Townsend. Yeah, no, pumped to see that, the post game win and, and seeing that on social media. Huge Instagram post, too, of the walk into the rink, which is always good to get those early on in the year. Collins, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm happy to be back. I want to make sure with Glick that he's pronouncing Towson, right? Because I'm pretty sure you were saying Townsend. And as somebody who lives 10 minutes from that campus, that really pisses me off. But yeah, boys are, are pretty fired up after a hot two weeks of the season. So had a 3-1 win against TCNJ and then put up 9-1 on Towson, not Townsend. And a 5 nothing win uh, against George Mason. So uh, we're doing pretty well. And right now I'm fighting for my life, trying not to drown during midterms and, uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully I can uh, make it out alive by the uh, end of tomorrow night. So Yeah, I, I feel you. I have so many different group projects right now. I don't know if I've ever been in the situation. I have one class where there's three different groups. I have another class of the group project, another class of the group project. I'm, I'm just getting lost in the text exchanges on which Zoom calls I'm supposed to be on, getting these projects done. But we're just chipping away. Huge role player in the group project setting, just trying to get my work done and, and get it over with. Love it when somebody else takes charge and you can just contribute and, and you don't have to be the people, the person who's like texting people on a Sunday night, like, hey, let's do this project that we haven't started yet. So yeah, things are great. Uh, huge weekend in Cuse. Uh, Stony Brook came to town. They got the better of us on Friday night, 9-1. 3-1 for a little bit there in the second. They scored two goals late in the second, made it 5-1, and then they just kind of ran away with it. The wheels kind of fell off in the last 10 minutes of the third. Game was a little bit closer than the score made it seem, but then we made up for it. Basically played with the lead for most of the day on Saturday. Uh, just weren't able to hang on to it and lost 6-5 to a, a pretty good Stony Brook team so uh we were happy with the effort got to figure out how to play well on the friday nights though same issue against kent state a couple weeks ago but nonetheless woke up early on sunday uh herm's not here this week because he's had so much work to do with the comets getting kick-started this week with training camp but herm was still in town so we took advantage of it we all got up at 9 a.m on a sunday and walked across campus in our new third jerseys the reception that those got was pretty cool on social media everything college hockey picked it up bleacher report picked it up butcher gave it a retweet which i guess you know, maybe it doesn't mean as much as it used to, but nonetheless, we were pretty happy with how that came out and all the attention got. And now we're turning our focus to uh, Drexel this weekend. So looking forward to that. We'll get right into the lead here. Uh, huge game on Saturday for the ACHA. Uh, for the first time this year, we got a, a matchup of an ACHA team versus an NCAA team. Denver proved why they are the defending national champions uh, with a 10 nothing win over UNLV. It's all right for the Rebels, though. For reference, Lindenwood lost 9-1 last year and things ended up working out pretty good for them the rebels turned it around the next day uh with a win against uco but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later i don't know if you guys were able to catch any of the game i know i thought there was going to be like a paywall to watch it on nchc tv it was gonna be like 17 bucks there ended up being a stream link for it i don't know if either of you got had the chance to watch it on saturday night yeah i got i had the chance to watch it but i paid the the 17 bucks on nchc tv to to watch the game so feel like an idiot right now it looked like unlv was playing some pretty good hockey i had the chance to watch or on the way back from george mason i mean it sucks getting pumped 10 goose but i mean hey they, they played pretty well and uh they clearly proved that you know they're still a good Pretty good hockey team uh, handing it back to uh, to UCO after last year. So all in all, good weekend for them. You know, the score doesn't really represent uh, how well they played, in my opinion. Yeah, I was in the locker room between periods. My teammates would clown me for picking UNLV because they would keep us saying, oh, the score is 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 5 nothing, 7 nothing. Like, like, you're an idiot. Why would you pick UNLV? Like, sorry, I'm still trying to support the ACHA here, you know? That's what I said. It was two weeks in a row that you picked the ACHA team. You were just sticking with it. You had Bama in the first week because they're an ACHA team, and then you stuck with the Rebels. And yeah, it, it was interesting. A lot of commentary about during the game. It felt like the commentators were mentioning a lot about club hockey. Uh, they kind of were quick 
quick to mention that UNLV's top two lines were kind of sticking with them, but it was the depth that that was really hurting UNLV. They just didn't have like they didn't have the depth of an NCAA team, and that clearly showed. I know after the game, they interviewed the Denver head coach, who's who's a great guy, and asked him about playing Lindenwood and, and now playing UNLV, and he mentioned that most NCAA teams try to get a Canadian team to cross the border and play for a weekend series, and last year due to COVID stuff, they couldn't come down and play more than two schools, so that opened the door to play Lindenwood. They had so much success with it last year that they had UNLV come because uh, it wasn't too far of a drive for the Rebels to make. But as we mentioned, we did have an impromptu game this week. We weren't really expecting it last time we had recorded. UNLV and UCO uh, met up in Denver because UCO was in town after playing Colorado State. The Rebels had obviously were in Denver on Sunday morning having played the Pioneers the night before. So pretty cool. These teams were not scheduled to play each other. They were pitted against one another in the semifinals last year at the national tournament. UCO came out on top and I think shocked a lot of people, maybe because UNLV is just the bigger name in recent years with everything going on in Vegas and hockey. Uh, UCO has had a strong program, a national championship program. Uh, that's not anything to discredit them, but I think a lot of people just see UNLV as the flashier team being from Vegas. And the Broncos handed it to them at Nationals, and then Sunday in Denver at Big Bear Ice Arena, the Rebels handed it back to UCO with a 5-2 win. Like I said, scheduled just both days out with both teams being in Colorado. Very little Wi-Fi at the rink. I don't even think the stream worked at any point. I kept trying to watch it, and, and it wasn't working. Not many fans, just good old-fashioned hockey. I don't know, it reminds me of uh, D three of the mighty ducks when the varsity and jv teams just play at like four in the morning with no refs like kind of feel the dreams vibes just playing for the love of the game credit to uco for scheduling this um i mean playing three games in three days is no easy task and i know you have to do that towards the end of the year but they swept colorado state and then weren't able to wait come away with it sunday but i think good on the rebels for bouncing back I'm assuming it must have felt a lot better playing an ACHA caliber team the next day opposed to having to chase around a bunch of NCAA guys the night before. And other huge news, like I mentioned to the photo shoot for the Syracuse jerseys, lots of new jerseys this time of year. Uh, It's awesome going on the feed and just seeing all these teams. After we recorded last week, West Virginia dropped their new jersey that they had worn that weekend against Liberty. So uh, I guess if you watched the games that weekend, you got a sneak peek in Kirk Handy's 500th win over the Mountaineers. They dropped their new jersey. Those went viral. Grinelli from Spit and Chicklets was a huge fan of those. Uh, which got them a bunch of views on social media, huge on TikTok and Twitter. Uh, we had Ohio then this weekend debut their new off-white home jerseys. They retired their old whites. They're now going with a new off-white look by a local company in Columbus. That is 614 Hockey. They came out pretty good. We also had Drexel debut some pink breast cancer jerseys last weekend in their win over Navy. Liberty had Hawaiian shirt jerseys. We had Syracuse with the Navy alternates today. Connecticut College, New Jersey's. Vanderbilt's got new jerseys with the new logo. Lots of stuff to keep track of. I'm sure this is only half of the jerseys that have debuted recently, but I wanted to get your take on it. Glick, any of the jerseys that you saw uh, on social media this week, anything stand out to you? Honestly, it's really hard to pick one that really stood out to me. I mean, I just have to say those Syracuse jerseys just look so nice. And I really love the photo shoot you guys did outside when you're full gear. It just really does them justice. I told the guys we had a photo shoot with, I said like, I was like, oh yeah, don't worry. Like, I just need like five guys to join me Sunday morning. I know it's going to be early, but like Barstool Cuse is doing this thing to promote us. Like we got to go to this photo shoot and then they all came came to the house and we were getting geared up and they're like, Oh, where are the jerseys and socks? And then I just like opened up the box with the new ones and the boys loved it. And then guys on the team didn't even know about it until it got posted on social media on Monday. I think I sent a group text at like 10, like, Hey, like be by your phones at 11. We got some breaking news. We, we posted at 11. So the boys got a kick out of it. It was so funny. Like people were stopping to take photos with us on campus. It was alumni weekend. So a lot of people just walk in enjoying the scenery on campus at, you know, nine 30 on a Sunday morning. And it was, it was just so funny taking, selfies with people hanging out but it was a great time collins anything stick out to you uh in terms of the new jerseys that got released i really like what west virginia did keep it simple and also ohio but the one thing i loved about the west virginia photo shoot was the tinted visor that was so sick i reached out to them because uh we're looking to do that for uh for our jersey photo shoot when that comes in uh probably late october november what they did was just they went to like uh, AutoZone, got some window tint put it on and i think that's definitely something we're going to be 
featuring. I think that's really sweet. And then Ohio, I absolutely just love those jerseys. Again, just simple, off-white, looks awesome. When we were on the bus ride back from uh, George Mason, uh, we were having a little jersey discussion, and I brought these up, and a lot of guys hadn't seen them. Uh, mixed reactions from from that crowd, but they all have bad style anyways, so I'm not too worried about it. I think those are awesome jerseys. The Liberty ones were sneaky. I, it was, uh, I don't know if you guys got to, we posted the clip of it. Uh, they didn't even really do it, you know, Liberty. They're, they're such big shots. They didn't even do like a reveal or anything. They just, they broke out the the Hawaiian shirt jerseys on Hawaiian shirt night, midnight madness, but it, great look. Like I just love it, unique look. I don't, I haven't really seen, I know Ohio did a, did a Hawaiian shirt jersey a couple of years back and it was green, but I mean, kind of a Patrick star look with pink and the light blue, but look great. I know we got it on the notes here. Like Niagara played a heck of a series against Liberty, huge t- early test for the flames. I think the teams that Liberty has faced so far have all kind of been blowouts and Niagara kind of came in and, and got them tuned up for this weekend. We'll kind of get to that more in a bit, but huge Jersey week. I think that is a, um, I saw a lot of people commenting on how club hockey teams don't miss with jerseys. And I think that is like something that we can kind of pride ourselves on because a lot of these jerseys are designed by players. These athletic departments don't always know what's best in terms of like a hockey jersey. Sometimes they have specific brand guidelines that they have to meet, certain vendors they have to use. And I think we have a lot of freedom as club athletes to kind of pick what we want to wear. And that's where you get designs like this a lot. And not only is it players, but it's media staff members two of the teams making the jerseys so i just thought that was a cool perspective because somebody was on twitter was like how how come club hockey teams have such better jerseys than actual ncaa teams moving on to the talking points here colorado six and oh i mentioned uh that colorado state got swept by uco this weekend but uh the buffaloes have kind of handled msu denver who's a d2 team they swept san diego state in their opening weekend in division one and uh they swept oklahoma last weekend they will face UCO in a couple weeks now, so they get the off week this week and, and can regroup for the Broncos, but they're off to a hot start. Northern Arizona got a sweep on San Diego State this weekend. San Diego State still looking for their first win at the Division One level. They're off to an 0-4 start now. Northern Arizona is a Division Two team that came up and played them this weekend, so hopefully they can get their their feet wet here and get settled in and, and get a win in division one pretty soon here. The ice jacks won six to they won seven to six on Friday night, three to two on Saturday. So a couple really close games. Uh, we, we touched on it last week, Maryville and Illinois state played each other at the division one division two and division three men's level. Crazy that this happened in one weekend. They called it the battle of Mississippi. Uh, when we were talking about it last week, we didn't quite have a name for it, but battle of Mississippi is what they called it. Huge split. The division one level, Iowa state was able to get one from Maryville, uh, Maryville, you know, a team in the top 20 Illinois state swept at the D two level. And then Maryville's D three team in their first game as a program, they were able to sweep uh, Illinois State's D3 team. Moving along, more notable games. Fitz isn't with us tonight, but Indiana's D3 team had a huge win over Michigan. Michigan was the national runner-up last year, a very strong team, and uh, Indiana was able to knock them off this weekend. Talking about teams who have had really good starts, Grand Valley State's off to a solid one. They are 3-1 and one on the year. All three wins coming against top 15 teams, the lone loss to Indiana Tech. Uh, they swept Michigan Dearborn earlier in the year. And then a team we love to talk about, NC State, they dropped one to UNC, their in-state rival. The Tar Heels beat them 5-2. to two. Uh, I think they went down 2 nothing really early on, and they made a goalie change at the end of the first period. They stormed back to tie it, and then a huge third period led to the Tar Heels to the win. Uh, be sure to check them out on social media. They're at Tar Heel Hockey on Instagram now. They lost their account, so they're trying to build it back up definitely worth the follow yeah that's kind of any anything uh you guys saw this weekend i know it's tough to kind of get everything on us but uh anything that we we haven't talked about that you guys were able to get a a look at this weekend or everyone's just focused on on the bus rides home from from george mason and and tcnj i saw i mean this is kind of echa stuff but lehigh beat towson eight to three which is kind of a a big shocker considering where Lehigh was last year. And I'm sure Glick can attest to that. So they're looking like a good team this year. Yeah. Anything about that Glick? Yeah. I mean, uh, they all beat us in our first game of the year. Definitely a pretty good team. They kind of uh, came out at us unexpected. So definitely something we need to keep an eye on for the rest of the year. Yeah. And so 
Uh, we do have a couple stick taps this week. Switching over to NCAA hockey, Kyle Jeffers scored the first goal in Lindenwood NCAA men's hockey history on Saturday in a 6-4 loss to Minnesota. Not a bad weekend for the Lions in their first couple games at the NCAA level. Minnesota uh, ranked number two to start the year. They finished in the Frozen Four last season. The Lions dropped 4 nothing on, on Friday night, 6-4 to four in a thrilling game on Saturday. But Jeffers, uh, not only did he score the first career goal, but he was also the MVP of the team last year in the ACHA national tournament. I want to give him a huge shout out for that, showing that you know he could score goals in the ACHA and at the NCAA level. Uh, and then another stick tap to a freshman and friend of the show, Shane Rombach. Uh, he had five points this weekend as Concordia swept Oakland. We gave him a, a huge shout out. He was originally supposed to committed to play Framingham State Division Three and uh, decided to go elsewhere and take his talents to the ACHA. And he had a, had a huge weekend for Concordia. So I want to give him a shout out. Great guest this week. Really excited about this interview. Interview. It's going to be one worth listening to. Um, one of my favorites we've done so far. Two guys from Florida Gulf Coast came on, Jack Cohen and Spence Van Team. They've had a crazy couple of weeks with uh, Hurricane Ian hitting Southwest Florida. They'll get into it in the interview, but whatever problems your team is having with, you know, campus wreck or ice time or anything like that, that all gets thrown out the window with what these guys have gone through the past week or so and what they're going to have ahead of them to just make sure they can have a season this year. So as always, this interview is brought to you by Optum X. Optum X Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, use our referral link at optumxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod that lets them know that we sent you and that you're a listener of the show they love hearing that kind of stuff uh they recently released a new feature and we're so excited about it it's been in the works for a while now the ability to add your own team store sell tickets merchandise and even make payments through the website fair state club hockey signed up college of charleston hockey signed up and uh, university of iowa men's rugby they're all on optimex for the rest of the year so uh, be sure to check it out if you have any questions feel free to shoot us a dm we love working with these guys uh, they understand club hockey uh, the acha the chf and everything that comes with it so definitely worth checking out and if you are going to check it out be sure to use our referral link once again optimexsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod now for our interview with jack cohen and spence van team from florida gulf coast university pleased to be joined by two members of florida gulf coast's division two acha team joined by spence van team and jack cohen boys so happy to have you on the hockey house pod tonight yeah man it's uh great to be here and appreciate you having both jack and i on tonight thanks for having us yeah i mean herm and i both had the chance to watch you guys at nationals last year uh the d2 tournament was phenomenal i think it was everything that people had dreamed of i know the year before it was a little different because you mary got to host it but it felt like everything was kind of back to normal with it being in st louis neutral site all the teams there together and then just a phenomenal national championship game that you guys got to be a part of uh, I wish we were, you know, meeting on on better terms, but you guys have had an insane couple of weeks here. Before we get going, just like how are the boys doing? What what is the overall morale of the team like the last couple of days in Southwest Florida? It's been a crazy few days. I think it's something I never thought I would have ever seen in my entire life. But I think the boys are good. Everyone's alive, first and foremost. We lost a few houses, a couple cars. Ready to get back into it. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that, what that'll look like. But I mean, we're ready to start uh, getting back into hockey. Yeah, for sure. Same here. Like crazy week. I'm from Miami, so I've been through a couple hurricanes before. This was definitely one of the worst ones. And like the first one we've had in five years. So just the aftermath of it. Is a lot. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Spence, where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Michigan, so we do snow, and that's about it. Never done a hurricane before. It's the first. It's crazy. Jack, you mentioned it. I wonder if you guys had experienced anything like this in your time at Gulf Coast. But in terms of preparation, was this, being from the Northeast, it's like when a hurricane hits Florida, you kind of know, like, all right, in a, in a week, we're going to get, like, four days of rain and that's going to be it. How far in advance did you guys know like, all right, it's going to hit and it's going to hit here and we're going to have to kind of start evacuating here and put skates on pause for now. We thought it was hitting Tampa. I think we all thought we were in the clear and it was, I think it was 
Tuesday morning, I was over at my buddy's house and he's like, hey, can you give me a hand putting the shutters up? Like, I just want to be safe, you know, rather than sorry. We were doing it. It started raining. We were doing it for like five hours. Every hour and a half or so, we kept like checking the tracker and we're like, holy crap, boys. Like, this is now shifting like direct hit Fort Myers. Once people saw it coming right for Fort Myers, like that's when the panic kind of set in. I can say for myself, I didn't prep anything. I'm like, oh no, this is good. Like, didn't have any food, didn't have any gas, like didn't have water. So once we saw it coming for me or like coming for us here in Fort Myers, I was like, all right, this is getting kind of real. Like we need to start getting our stuff together and being ready at least, you know, cause I was in like a zone A flood and I had no idea that I was in a zone A flood until they got one of those notifications popped up on my phone and they're like, yeah, it's a mandatory evacuation for you. It became real like late Tuesday. And so Jack, being from Miami, what was your experience in preparing for? Did you kind of know ahead of time, like, uh, you know, these things can kind of go all over the place and sometimes hit places where they're not expected to. And when the rain came, were you like, all right, it's, it's kind of time. Yeah, for sure. Being from Miami, honestly, like a lot of the hurricanes, you'll, you'll hear about them and then they'll, they'll miss you. They'll go other ways and you, you'll be like, all right, we prepared for nothing kind of thing. The weekend before the storm hit, we kind of like heard like, oh, there's a hurricane coming. And like, I always hear that. Like, that's just something Floridians are used to. So I was like, not, not a huge deal. Beginning of the week, we're like, all right, it's, it's hitting Tampa. And then a couple of days later, like, all right, it's turning right towards us. So for me, I live inland, so I wasn't in like a, a flood zone or anything. I live right by campus. So I ended up making out pretty good. But in terms of preparation, I have three other guys on the team who live with me in this apartment and we went to Costco. We didn't even stock up on that much food. We just got like, cause we thought we were going to lose power. So we got like granola bars, stuff like that. Water. There was actually no water. So we just got anything we could. Gatorades, juice, and then uh, just like filling up your bathtub, getting flashlights, getting a little portable charger ready. Cause you got to be prepared to just lose power. And now in terms of being on campus, what's like the percentage? Like do some guys live near campus or and other guys live on the coast? Is campus on the coast? What does that look like in terms of like the guys on the team who ended up being in flood zones? JC, you might be able to touch better on this since you've been here for a couple of years. But I mean, campus is not that far from the coast. We're we're not that far from the coast, but we're not like on the coast. So we're we're kind of inland enough where we're just outside those flood zones. Cause like I was looking at the maps obviously after the storm not before him because <laughs> why would i be ready for that but uh yeah we're like campus is inland enough where we didn't we weren't really in a flood zone or anything and i live right by campus so most of the guys i think are pretty close to campus i would say like 10 minutes but i mean spence lives probably 15 minutes away from me and he was in he was in the flood zone so it's not like too far but we were basically like just outside of the flood zone so campus did pretty well and like my apartment building like we i live in a big apartment complex so we didn't get it that bad like i actually ended up never losing power we lost like running water we lost like wi-fi all that stuff i, I had power the whole time and like no no damage to the building it's just a lot of trees scattered everywhere and so spence you talked about being in a in a flood zone what damage did you see in your apartment Wednesday afternoon, I think me and my roommate left to go inland more. He's from the other coast too, Fort Lauderdale. And he kind of kept saying what Jack was saying, like, Hey man, I've lived here my whole life. Like kind of just like, Hey, grow up. Like it's a hurricane. We see this all the time. Like you're going to be all right. And, uh, I'm like, no, dude, like, I think this is kind of real. And like, we're in a mandatory evacuation zone. So let's get out of here. And one of our buddies offered up his place. So we went over there. We hunkered down for the storm. We lost power probably around noon. Didn't have anything. So we really had no idea what happened. Like we had some high winds during the storm and it was a bad rainstorm. But like, we're like, he was sitting there saying like, oh yeah, dude, see, like, this is nothing. Like lost a few pool screens on the pool caves, but like no clue until like 1030 at night when we went outside and saw some lady walk walking her dogs and we're like, Hey, like what happened? Like, is it bad? It didn't seem that bad here. And she's like, there's no Sanibel Island anymore. There's no Fort Myers beach anymore. There's no Naples pier. Like there's no Naples park. And we were like, Holy crap. So we waited it out there that night. And then we tried to go to my place the next morning. And when we pulled in, when we were coming down my street, there's another uh, neighborhood that backs up to us and it was completely closed off. And there were search and rescue teams out in the neighborhood there. And it looked like the whole place was completely underwater. And we're like, holy crap, like that might be our neighborhood as well. So we like tried to pull in and through the gate and there was no way like I was getting my car through. 
Uh, we were talking to some of the neighbors and they're like, yeah, looks like we got like anywhere between six to eight feet of flooding in our neighborhood. And we're like, all right, man, like, let's just get out of here for the day. Let the water kind of go back towards the coastline and, and come back tomorrow. And so we came back the next day. We we're finally able to get through, you know, it was probably only like a couple feet of water. And uh, my buddy's BMW had floated to the other side of the garage. It was completely flooded. I live in the upper unit, so my house was okay. All my neighbors on the lower units, they were they were toast. They've spent the last like six days gutting their entire places. And I saw some pictures afterwards because obviously it wasn't there, but I mean, there was cars floating down our street with like their trunks had been popped open, like windshields busted out. It was, cr I've never seen anything like it. Like what you see on the news is like what I saw in my neighborhood, which was so weird. When I, when we see pictures on the news too, like I kind of just assumed that was like all of, of Fort Myers. It's crazy that like certain zones get hit way worse. JC's over here is still hanging out in his apartment. Like, did you grab your hockey equipment and you were like, I'm just going to get this out of the house for now? Or was like that safe up in your apartment? We leave our stuff at the rink, thankfully. I did grab the clubs, obviously. The golf clubs were essentials <laughs> to get in the back of the truck. Other than that, man, like I grabbed like my mom recommended like I grab like some just a few valuable things. And she said like the most important thing was probably like some documentation and stuff from you know, like passport, identification, birth certificate. I really didn't grab that much because I was like my roommate was like, Yeah, dude. I see this all the time. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll be good, you know? So I didn't grab that much, but I grabbed anything that I thought was at least, you know, important in case anything bad did happen. And now being from Michigan, is mom freaking out like in the lead up? Cause I'm sure she's watching the news, seeing everything and, and you're just constantly getting phone calls from her checking in, I'm sure. Yeah. So my mom actually lives down here right now. Oh, no um, way. Yeah. My, my mom and my stepdad live down here. They thought I was crazy that I was sticking around this area. They went to the other coast and they've been there. They haven't even come back yet. My dad was definitely freaking out. He's back home in Michigan. He's never seen a hurricane before. So, and especially when he didn't hear from me for like 10 hours during the storm, he was freaking out. Even my parents were freaking out a little bit too. Cause I mean, my phone didn't work at all. Like you can't make any calls. You can't send texts. Like you, you're, literally just sitting there waiting out the storm like a couple of days after when we were able to walk around and stuff got some service called my parents and like i've been through probably like a handful of hurricanes and that was one of the worst ones for sure i can't even imagine like you said like the not being okay and not being able to tell everyone else that you're okay because like you said like it was social media nowadays that probably everybody knows that you guys go to school in fort myers and they're just seeing it on the news like oh my gosh i know these guys who are there you can't even be on your phone for two and a half days that's insane it was wild dude uh like after we ran into that lady that was walking her dogs, she was like, there's one shopping center that's, it's like pretty close to the rink. It's probably like a quarter of a mile, maybe. She's like, hey, there's a shopping center that's open up there. They have like some service and there's like one Chinese restaurant that's open. And I think they are probably the only restaurant or anything open in the entire state maybe at that point in time like it was crazy they were cooking up food so we went there got like spotty spotty service i just kind of texted my parents that i was alive and it was crazy like my phone being from michigan was just like blowing up with people like hey are you dead like you good like what happened it was it was crazy like i've never experienced something like that you mentioned your your gear being at the rink i think i saw somewhere that the rink was being used as a shelter too right because uh your rink is attached to where the the everblades play correct yeah that's correct our rinks attached to where the blades play there's three sheets of ice there we were actually pretty worried about our locker room believe it or not before i went to my house when we could get out of get out of the neighborhood after hunkering down that was the first place we went to check on the rink we got a couple leaks in our roof the roof's a little spotty on our side and we were kind of worried that we'd open up the locker room and it'd be a complete mess but we were we were dry as can be and all the gear's safe that's unbelievable. It's such a beauty move too that you guys are like, we got to, I mean, what's yeah. the source? Like, we got to check the locker room, right? Make sure it's all right. For sure. I live like down the street from me. I live two minutes and we had no Wi-Fi or anything here. And Hertz is a shelter. We actually like went just to drive in the parking lot to see if we can get service. I was getting like Wi-Fi and stuff there. So we went upstairs to check out the locker room too. That was probably like the day after the storm hit. Once you guys kind of get your on your phones again and, and you're communicating with each other, uh, I've seen some unbelievable photos of you guys getting out in the community and just helping people either whether gutting buildings or, or doing stuff. Like at what point did that start? Like, all right, everyone's good. Now like the cleanup starts and 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 we gotta get things back to normal here. What was that, JC two days ago that we yeah. started? 
Yeah, two, two days, days ago. ago, a handful of us got together and basically just said, boys, class is canceled for what's going to be probably two weeks. We can't skate, obviously, because the rink's a shelter. Our workout facility's closed because it's in the rink. Like, let's at least get out there and help these people that got completely destroyed. I mean, we had six feet of water in my neighborhood, but we lost a garage. That's it. Some of these people, like the house that JC and I were at the other day, I mean, it's completely, I don't even know why they're trying to save what they're trying to save. They might as well bulldoze the whole thing down and start over. Like, it's... You know, it's completely, completely destroyed. Yeah, it's it's honestly sad to see. Like, we pulled up to that house the other day. I think there was like six or eight of us that went to help. They're just like, all their stuff is on their front lawn trying to dry it out. We were helping gut one of the rooms. So we're just taking out drywall and insulation. Everything is soaking wet. And it had been like that for two days. So especially in Florida, that stuff starts to mold right away. Whatever water touches pretty much destroys especially if it's like the salt water from the storm. So it's crazy stuff. To answer your question a little bit more too, is like that's pretty much yesterday or day before is when we started going out. And I think like, I think you're going to see like a lot of us continue to do that for probably until we start, you know, school again or are able to get some normalcy back in our life. Like, you know, I know a group of us are going back to the shelter tomorrow to help out there and then go out and keep demoing some houses in the community. So I think like we started as soon as we really could, as soon as, you know, our general manager said, Hey, we got opportunity for you guys. We were like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I'm sure watching the news, I'm sure you guys aren't the only ones doing it. Has that been cool to kind of see? I know you guys aren't from the Fort Myers area, but at least feel a little bit more like the community with everybody kind of out and pitching a hand here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because after a storm like that, there's really nothing to do. Like you either have no power, no running water, and you're just kind of sitting around. So the cleanup got it has to start right away. It's cool to see everyone kind of come together. It's like everybody needs to work together to kind of clean all this up. And it's going to take a while. So just chipping away little by little every day. That's definitely the best part. I like talk about texting people back home in Michigan. Like that's pretty much the only thing I really say to them. Like, hey, I'm safe. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Like to see the goodness of people. People are doing whatever they have to do for people, whether it's, you know, giving them clean water, place to shower, place. I mean, I, I haven't been in my house, you know, since Tuesday of last week. So, you know, I've got buddies that are just letting me live here and provide me with food and the whole nine yards. So like, that's, that's honestly the coolest part, like through the devastation, that's really good to see. I'm seeing here that you guys are going to start the plan is to start classes on October 10th. Uh, any word on when skates will get to start? I know you guys pushed back the home opener a week or so, but what's kind of that like? Cause I know starting date for school is a lot different than starting date for back on the ice. Spence has been to the rink a couple times to help out with the shelter, but all I know it, is that they got power back and stuff, which is good. As far as what's what hockey's going to look like, right when the storm hit, like we went to the rink that next morning, like I was saying, and we were like, hey, like we want to play. And they're like, yeah, like we were able to save. They had a rink crew that hasn't left the rink yet. They're around the clock trying to make sure that the ice is, they're able to save the ice because the Blades start camp this weekend. They want to make sure like we can play. They're, they've been working their butt off to like keep this ice up. But, you know, at first they were like, yeah, we're going to. We're going to get the home opener. It's going to be a go. And then fast forward to today, we might not get a rink back for a month or two. There's a major problem with the rink. They're having trouble getting crews in there to fix it because the guys that can fix it that are qualified also got affected by the storm. So they can't get in there to fix the rink. So now we're kind of pivoting and looking for where can we play hockey? We have no idea when we're going to practice again. We're looking at possibly going to Tampa to get some skates in before we go to St. Louis and play. And the rink told us pretty late today that like you guys might want to look at getting some games out there in Tampa too. So it's kind of like a fluid thing. We have no idea, but this shelter, like the county is controlling the rink. The rink doesn't really have a say. As long as people are in that shelter, we're not going to play hockey. Yeah, I know that's 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 a, a tough part about these things is it's I think you see it you saw it a lot with COVID too. I know I know a lot of schools couldn't end up playing because their schools the rinks are being used as testing centers and it's just like the way things go sometimes. But I mean I, I'm ho I'm hoping somebody's gonna listen to this this week and hear you guys out and offer some some ice time for you guys and and get going. But I I I think it'll be really cool once you guys do get back at Hertz. I'm sure that'll be a very emotional game for a lot of not only the guys on the ice but the people in the stand considering all the work you guys are uh, have done or continuing to do in the community and i'm sure everyone's looking forward to when that day comes 
Oh, yeah. That'll be a big game for the boys for sure. It's just hopefully everyone that has to use that shelter can get back on their feet. We can start getting back to the normalcy of hockey. I want to kind of pivot here. I know it's 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 tough to do so, but I'm sure when you guys started your, your hockey careers, you didn't probably didn't expect to be playing college hockey at Florida Gulf Coast of all places. And, and here you are now learning valuable, valuable life lessons post-hurricane. JC, as a, as a Miami guy, kind of walk us through your upbringing playing hockey and how you ended up at at Gulf Coast. Yeah, for sure. So actually where I live in Miami, I live like 10 minutes away from a ice rink. I started with roller hockey and then slowly got into ice hockey when I was like probably seven. Growing up, I played AAA for Florida Lions. So that was like after playing double A with like my uh, home team. And then we ended up like not having enough guys. So whatever, played AAA, would do all the 10 guys were on the team from all over the state of Florida. And then we'd travel to tournaments, like go to the Chicago tournament, the Detroit tournament, whatever, whatever. I was, so I graduated high school during COVID. I had a stint, I played in New Mexico in the NA for a little bit. And then that didn't work out because of COVID and whatnot. And my brother actually was going to school here playing hockey. So I ended up transferring in here around Christmas time, my freshman year, got right on the team. And that was the COVID year when we had like 12 games and then went to nationals in uh, North Dakota. And then Spence, I know you you had a, a little bit of a different route, obviously being from Michigan growing up, but also transferring into FGCU. Kind of walk us through how you ended up here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I never thought I would go to school in, in Florida. Um, played in the North American League for a little bit. Played in Canada for a little bit. Obviously, like every hockey player, you know, I had my sights set on playing D1 and then didn't make it there and went to a Division three school, uh, Milwaukee School of Engineering, and played two years there. And, you know, it was just being in the Midwest for COVID was, it was, it was really tough. I mean, for a year, year and a half there, we were, we were getting tested every day. We were in pods for practices. We were only allowed to see the guys we lived with. I just kind of got sick of it. You know, I, I wasn't playing a whole lot either. So I decided to make a move and I really thought that I was going to go to like another D3 school, you know, maybe in Boston or something like that. That's where I was looking. And then my mom, you know, being living down here, you know, I, we would always come down here, a couple of my buddies and I at the end of the season, and we would, you know, kind of rip it up in Florida for a little bit. And then uh, I was like, man, maybe I should just go give this school a look and talk to the coaches. Like they, they win national championships. Like they play at Hurts. They're in my backyard. And I'm like, just call the coach. And I'm like, Hey, can I come down and visit? Boys showed me a good time nonetheless. And uh, coaches were awesome. And I was, it was, that was it. It was definitely the best decision I ever made. I, I love this place. Yeah, they, you're the, you're the kind of guys we we love having on the pod because we're we're just trying to promote the ACHA as best we can. And sometimes guys get stuck at these schools. You know, you, they you commit your whole life to playing hockey, and and sometimes it it doesn't lead you down the greatest path. But luckily, there's so many places like Florida Gulf Coast where guys are just like, oh my gosh, like playing hockey here is unbelievable. Yeah, man. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, I I'm sure all three of us have had the same mentality. Oh, I'm you know I'm never gonna play club hockey, but like I couldn't be in bigger promoter of it right now like our first game dude i had chills coming out of our locker room when i heard the people go crazy i was like what did i get myself into i mean when i was in milwaukee i mean the year before i left we were one of the best teams in the country i mean we made it all the way to the finals of our conference and like we had like 12 parents in the stands and i come down to florida and there's a completely packed bar it like literally brought chills to my body i was like i'm so happy i came here yeah, that's that's honestly one thing I love about our school too. We have so many hockey guys who either like aren't loving hockey or don't like where they're at and they end up coming to our school and falling in love with hockey again. And like that's another thing the school supports us so much. We have great fans. They love to watch us play. It's a great time down here. It's been my favorite hockey so far, honestly. I, I love it. Uh, Spence, you mentioned kind of getting chills on opening night. Would you consider that your welcome to the ACHA moment? Or was there something else that kind of sticks out to you from the first couple games in the Acha? I would say that was definitely probably the coolest welcome to the Acha moment. I mean, like I'd never, like the boys always told me like, yeah, we get like, you know, we get some people coming. I don't know. The fire department should have been called. Like it was way over capacity. Like these people were just stacked up behind the glass like there wasn't a seat in the stands that was definitely the coolest one i mean when we played liberty it was coming down to the end where we were still in that third spot last year and we needed to jump to one or else who knows if we could have made it to nationals with our budget that's a different story but we really promoted that game and that was equally as cool as the home opener but the home opener was awesome I was like, I love this place. JC, for you, what was what would you consider your welcome to the ACHA moment? So my first year here, we didn't play many games because it was COVID. I think we played like 12 games. 
we were playing like our own D3 team a lot, but I think we went to NC State for uh, a showcase or something. I think we played them a couple of times and Liberty and I ended up getting my first goal in one of those games. And that was pretty cool. Just being on the road with the boys. It was a good time. That was definitely a welcome to the hot job moment. Yeah, kind of. You, we've mentioned it twice now, but it did come down to the wire last year in the in the southeast region. It was you guys, Liberty, and NC State, and it was like one of these teams is going to have to crawl their way through the regional, and that is like not an easy task to do. We, I always said that the Division Two ACHA National Championship is the hardest one to win because if you don't get the auto bid, you have to basically win your way through regionals, and then in order to win, you have to basically win your pool, which is not very easy to do. Kind of walk us through, Spence, you, you hinted at it, I'll let you start, but like that battle for the top two seeds in the Southeast last year. Yeah, so I can tell you a funny story. I mean, you just hinted to it. I had no clue that that's how this worked. But like our first practice of the year, our uh, old man, Bobby Brinkworth, our head coach was like, you know, boys, like we can't afford to go to regionals. Like our budget's too tight. Like we got to win. We got to win. And I just like had no idea what any of that meant. And he just kept like every practice, every game, like preaching, like we have to win every game. Like we can't go to regionals. We won't afford it. Like it's too expensive to get out of Florida in February. You have to win every game. Like I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, it's the first practice. Like what's your name again? You know what I mean? And he's like, no, like we got to win. We got to win. So yeah, I mean, like you said, we, that's, it's true though. I mean, like getting out of Florida in February is tough. The plane, plane tickets are crazy because of spring break. Last year, I mean, I don't know, JC, if you remember, but it was like 20-something games in a row we won. We didn't lose a home home game last year, and we were still fighting. We were in that third spot, and it came down to the second to last weekend, and we're like, dude, what more can we do to get like at least one or two to have the auto bid? That was crazy. Like We, we were all speechless. Like Week in, week out, we're like, we keep winning, we keep blowing teams out. How, do they hate us here at the Acha or what? Like we we didn't we didn't we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I can definitely I definitely remember before that weekend playing Liberty. So we we always played Friday Saturday night. Coach Bob always was preaching to the boys like we can't go to regionals. We gotta win. We gotta get our auto bid. Going into that game, we were on like a I don't know. We were eighteen and zero at home at that point. Like this was the nineteenth and twentieth game. It, we had a couple. We were banged up at that point too. We had forwards playing defense. We had our captain get in that weekend like it was a good time for the boys that that got us rolling going into nationals for sure that is hilarious you can't fly out of florida in february they, that's got to be like on a wall in the locker room no like that they should have that painted above the stall before you walk out i, I might have we might have to put that up in the locker room honestly like they, it, you'd be surprised like every single day it's said to us like even in tryouts this year i think didn't didn't bob say it in tryouts this year jc i mean he said like getting out of getting out of florida in february is too expensive Oh, we yeah. can't go to regionals. We, Bobby keeps the budget tight and he lets the boys know where we're at, where we stand. <laughs> And what we got to do. <laughs> it's funny. All these all these years, it's like, how come FGCU is like always top two in the in that region? And it's like, they're just fighting. They know they, it's impossible to get out of it. Like, only in the Acha is that a thing. Like, this team is really good because they know if they got to crawl their way through regionals, it's going to put a hole in their pocket. There's there's no way. I mean, like last year, honestly, like we were tight, like on the on the money. And I kept saying, like, this, if we don't get up to that one or two spot, like you boys are going to have to get out and streets of Fort Myers and find some money for this hockey program if you guys want to go to regionals. So it was kind of like the ultimatum we had. Yeah, the boys might have had to do a couple of car washes if we lost a couple of those games. <laughs> Aside from maybe the the flight tickets in, in February, there are a lot of positives to playing college hockey down there. What are some things that you guys like to do in your free time? Spence, I know that you just mentioned your golf clubs were your most valuable item that you had to keep with you during the storm. What are some things that you guys get to do on your off days that maybe the guys up in, I don't know, North Dakota, Michigan, Massachusetts might not get to do on their off days? I think JC's, this is a good one for him too, because he's been down here longer, but I certainly, uh, I certainly make the most of our off days. I think we all do. A lot of the boys love to go golfing. A couple of the boys have jobs at courses around the area in Naples and whatnot. And uh, we make sure to go make our rounds at those those different courses when we can. I know a lot of guys, I'm not a big beach guy, but I know a lot of the guys like to go down to Lonnie Kai, uh, especially around spring break time. It's, it's a pretty, pretty good time down there. It's pretty cool when you can wake up every day year round and put flip-flops on and go sit by the pool or go to the hot tub or you're always outside. The sun's always shining. I mean, it's it's awesome. Around like our area, we have like 
the most golf courses in probably the world. Over half the guys on the team work at a course. Whenever we get a free day, you're hitting up somebody who works at a course to get us out on the links. And the boys definitely, we, we got a lot of guys who are pretty good at golf and pretty much everyone likes to golf. Going to the beach, I mean, the beach is probably like a 25 minute drive for us. 20 if that like going out to the beach and pool days on the weekend get the boys to the pool have a great time there you guys can both answer this but who's the best golfer on the team is that a big debate oh wow putting us on the spot that's a great question actually i'm gonna go carson engelman he's uh he's talented i would either i would say carson or or our goalie wes he's he's a stick as well yeah these boys down here can play. Like I just started playing the game when I moved down to Florida and like these guys can really play some serious golf. Like I hate playing with them. They always yeah. take my money. Yeah, they're dialed in. We need, in. <laughs> we need a, uh, a hockey house sandbagger where we get biz and wit to play against a couple guys from your team. I think that would be great. They can learn about the ACHA while they, they get sandbagged. Oh, that would be a like, Dirk. <laughs> Bring, bring them down. We'll, Bucci, yeah. Bucci comes and plays like the course that I work at all the time. Like bring bring the boys down. We'll, we'll get yeah. it going. They're, they're world-class golf courses too. They'd love yeah, it. They are. Have you guys seen any, like other, uh, you mentioned Bucci, anybody else, like any big celebrities you've seen on the courses? Yeah, I've definitely seen. I mean, we got in my community alone, we got a guy who plays on the PGA Tour. We had a guy who won the Masters. Bucci's come through there couple other smaller like nhl guys they had a cup of coffee in the show for a little bit um see who else is another one that that always comes down i don't know man there's always famous people coming in there there was a victoria's secret model there the other day i don't know what she was doing there shooting shooting on the course but she was there my buddy works at a at a course too and uh my roommate actually and right after the blades won the uh the Kelly Cup, they brought it out to his course and he got to hold the cup and drink with the boys while they were playing his course. <laughs> Sharing an arena with them, do you guys ever cross paths with the Blades? Do you guys go to the games on a, on a Friday or Saturday night if you have some free time? Yeah, I do. I definitely, it's usually not Friday and Saturday nights just because we're usually playing Friday and Saturday nights. Um, that's what's awesome about playing down here is we don't travel all that much. We've had two of the guys they're uh, pretty close with our other head coach, Eric, maybe. They've been skating with us, you know, pretty much all summer long. The guy who owns our workout facility, he's like a Blades legend, so he, he connects us to the guys. And, I mean, I, I love going to, going to watch the Blades play when we can during the week. Yeah, 100%. Shout out Ernie Hartlib. He lets us use his gym upstairs. He's a Blades legend. Whenever we need tickets, like uh, I think Wednesday night is college night, and we used to have practices during that time, but this year our practice got moved a little earlier, so hopefully we'll be able to get out to a little little more games. But I'll shoot him a call and ask him for a couple tickets for the boys. He'll leave Matt roll call, and we, we'll go to the games. It's a good time, too. Now, you mentioned playing a lot of home games down there. It was popular in the NHL. First year, Vegas was around. Like, teams are getting the Vegas flu. Like, they are going to Vegas, and they don't know how to play in Vegas. Do you guys find it like teams come down to Fort Myers and they don't know how to play? Like they're showing up to the rink with sunburns and legs have been in the water a little too long during the day. I mean, I don't know how appropriate we're supposed to keep it on here, but I can tell you a funny story. Last year we were playing Northeastern and uh, it was our senior night. The first game, it was our last weekend. And the first game they really gave us, they gave us a tough time. Like they came ready to play. I don't remember how the scoring breakdown went, but like we were getting chewed out after the first period. I mean, they had totally shut us down. We ended up winning the game and the next day we showed up and we're like, boys, it's going to be another dog fight. Like, you know, be ready to go. And we steamrolled them. I don't remember the score either. I think it was probably eight something. Later that evening, you know, we ran into them at dinner and they were like, yeah, boys, we're, uh, we were at the beach all day. We kind of, we kind of threw in the towel and went to the beach and, you know, coach was there too. And we kind of showed up to the game and we kind of knew we were going to get dumbing. So we just made a beach day out of it. It's so, it's tough. I mean, guys are, are breaking the bank on the budget to come down and play you guys. I think they, they see the opportunity to enjoy it. It's crazy though. How many times did you guys leave Florida last year for road trips? Last year, we had a road trip to Virginia to start the year. And we had a tough start on the road last year, too. I think we went to, did we go to Ohio, too? We usually, we have three trips every year. Our first, our we were supposed to open uh, our season on the road with Liberty last year. And they had like a COVID outbreak. So then we ended up going, our first road trip was later on to Liberty. We were in like their showcase there, but we only travel three times a year, you know, unless at regionals 
word comes up, which we don't let that happen here in Florida, but, and then nationals. So yeah, we're, it's the coolest thing. Like knowing that you look at the schedule and you got like six weekends in a row where you're home, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's definitely something I love. We play probably like 75% of our schedule at home. Everyone at the school knows like Friday and Saturday nights, you can come to Hertz and it's going to be a good time. That's that's the beauty of it. That's that's awesome. It's unreal. Did you guys in, in those showcases, I know a lot of the times they do it, like the top teams will all come and play in one spot and you get to play each other. Had you guys run into you Mary at all in the regular season last year? Did you get to play them on all in those showcases or was the national championship like your first lick at them? Yeah, that's our that's that was our first lick at them. Um, we try to get them down every year and they don't come play us. I don't know why that is, but we'd love to play you Mary, man. We I know our, our coaches work not only to get the teams down here, but to make sure they're accommodated. Like, I know we we help out with their hotels and their transportation and their food here. So, you know, as much as they want to come to Florida and get some sun in the wintertime, like we really try to accommodate them. And that's why, you know, you see these all these teams that are willing to come down all season long so we don't have to travel. That's actually, I never really thought about it too, because it, it, say, it almost... You guys helping them out almost saves you money because you don't have to fly out of Florida, which we already mentioned. But talking about nationals, you guys had a pretty tough pool, if I remember. I can't remember. Who did you guys, you guys, did you guys lose your first or second game when St. Louis? Yeah, we lost. Was our second game, Spence? We uh, we lost to Providence. I'll let you keep going, but we lost to Providence. Yeah, Providence. I remember that. We had a tough pool. That was definitely, I feel like that was good for us. We still like won our pool, but kind of woke the boys up a little the teams you played were providence was lindenwood in your pool iowa no, state iowa state uh, iowa state oh man i'm drawing a blank now here uh was it bentley bentley yeah okay yeah it was and that was like that was like a sneaky good team too uh they were kind of underrated my prediction for nationals i said the winner of the national tournament is going to come out of this pool this is the toughest pool they'll be the most prepared to play and i think i was kind of right on that prediction being that it was the toughest pool definitely i mean i think like we played bentley our first game they were a good team they they surprised us and we didn't we didn't know much about them going in at least we didn't think we knew much about it nothing was really shown to us about them or anything and they ended up being pretty good providence's goalie was he was unbelievable i don't know how many shots we put up on him but he was he was incredible and we kind of dug ourselves in the hole pretty early in that game with some penalties but providence goalie he stood on his head and we couldn't get one past him iowa state too i mean we were lucky to you know we thought we were done once we lost to Providence, but we knew we had a chance that third game against Iowa State. Like they were also pretty good. I mean, they they battled us. Yeah, for sure. And I think every team we played in nationals, that was the first time we played them. So we really like didn't know much about the teams we were playing. We obviously knew like the teams that were ranked higher were probably the better teams. But yeah, I remember going into that third game to that Iowa State must win gets you going a little. And then you guys moved on huge semifinal game against uh, Dakota College, uh, which was a, a fantastic game. They were another really good team that you guys played against. JC, we, we made you go viral a little bit with that goal for your knees. Kind of walk us through that play. Is that something you've done before? Or is that just uh, I'm on my knees after the faceoff i'm gonna try to throw this thing on net <laughs> yeah that so that's that's one of like the things we like to run off the faceoff spence knows because we played together last year but i was telling him off the faceoff like i'm gonna try and walk and i usually just try and walk center and then just rip it back door to the right winger on my left side and that one i just i got tripped up kind of by the other center and just ended up with the puck on my stick i just shot it i didn't think it was going in but it, the the best part was I was at the game and I was doing the, the Instagram story for most of the tournament and uh whoever was running the your social media was like, Did you get that clip? And I had had my head down because it was off the face off. So I didn't get it. I just got the celebration. So I ran into, into like the media room between periods to pull it up on hockey TV and I was like, Oh, we gotta post this. We gotta post this ASAP. Yeah, that's funny. That was probably uh, one of our uh, injured guys helping out with the videos for our own Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it, you could tell it was you could tell it was a scratcher, an injured guy too, because like the way that they were communicating was just like hockey guy to hockey guy. <laughs> yeah, that was probably Roisy. I remember him telling me about that. <laughs> and so you guys get past Dakota College, and then you face you Mary, and probably uh, I know you guys ended up on the wrong end of it, but probably one of the best games of all nationals. I mean, to take that team to three overtimes, a marathon of a game. What was it like mentally being in the national championship game 
in overtime for that long. I mean, that was certainly the craziest game I've ever played. And to start there, I mean, it was we were we were pretty banged up, like JC said. We didn't have any scratches. We had injured players and running with four defensemen. What was it? Probably two and a half, three lines and four defensemen. So we were like I got on the ice for the national tournament or the national championship game and I thought I was excited. And then I took my first lap in the warm-ups and I'm like, wow, we gotta find something like really, really deep here because like I'm really tired, like really banged up. You know, as the game went on, you kinda you kind of lose that, like you get going, but overtime, like first overtime, you know, I thought we were, I thought we were taking it to them. Like the shots were pretty, pretty in our favor and first overtime was good. And then it, I think that fatigue really wore on us and, and Mary kind of stepped it up and, and came alive in those last two overtimes and started turning the tables. I mean, credit to them. That was the craziest game I've ever played. And they, they played well, like both teams were battling. I think one point in time I was looking up while they lined up at a face off and I'm like, dude, is it going to be me or you? Cause like, I'm ready to go, you know, get out of here. You know, I'm ready to go. Like, let's get this over with. This is crazy. Yeah, that was definitely the craziest game I've ever been a part of. And it was probably like one of the best games I've been a part of too. Just because the first, I remember the first two periods back and forth pretty much. And then the third period, they tied it up. We kind of got buzzing at the end of that third period. And we, we had a bunch of chances, couldn't find the back of the net. And then I think we were feeling ourselves going into the first overtime, had a really good first overtime. And then second overtime, I remember they kind of took it to us. And then third overtime, we just, we didn't lose it, but we just didn't have the gas, you know? And then it was just, it was going to be a gritty goal in front that, that ended that game. The boys just, we didn't have enough gas in the tank to get it done. Yeah, I think I remember the craziest part of that was watching the shot totals. Like as the third overtime went on, it was like one of these goalies might hit 100 saves. Like this is insane here. It's probably one of the reasons you were drawn to to Gulf Coast is like this team has won a lot of national championships in recent memory. JC, you were there for the, the COVID year. You only played 12 games before going to nationals. How cool was it that like, all right, like COVID's over, like Florida Gulf Coast hockey's back on the map? Yeah, it was definitely completely different feel going into nationals last year as opposed to the COVID year. I mean, we had played 12 games. We hadn't played much before nationals the COVID year. And then I think we didn't even make it out of our pool. I think we, we ended up stumbling in the game against Liberty, a team that we had like handled in some games earlier that year. But last year, we you know we had our home win streak going into nationals. The the boys were closer together. We had played more games, kind of meant more, I feel like, to everyone. And so I know we, we touched on it a little bit here. Obviously, there's a lot up in the air right now about starting the season. Kind of walk us through the goals for the year pre-hurricane and maybe the goals now moving forward post-hurricane. Like, has the mindset changed? Is it more about just like making sure everyone's okay and then good to go? Or is the goal still, you know, to, to make it to Boston and be there for nationals? Obviously, you know, this week's been out of the ordinary. You know, it's been it's been pretty crazy. But after knowing uh, that all our guys were good and, you know, we only had really, I'd say it's probably three guys on the team that were directly impacted as far as their houses. I think our, our gears have changed and we're ready to go. Like we're going to come back and we're going to be in in the championship game again. And I think that's, that's been our mindset all along. I think we were able to bring in some really good players, which might even make us more deadlier than last year, but we're, we want to be back there. I mean, it's, we had a bitter taste in our mouth. I mean, that's two for Mary last two years. And I don't think we're going to let that happen again. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. The goal is still the same. We got to kind of get, figure out our ice times. I mean, we only practice twice a week. Normally we just kind of got to figure out a way to get ice, but even if we don't get ice and our first games are on the road I, I think we honestly have a, a stronger team than last year and we've got a lot of returners who have been through a national tournament like that been all the way to the championship game so they kind of know what the deal is and I think the boys are are really fired up to get back to it this year that's unbelievable yeah I, I'm as I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter here uh I see you guys got a GoFundMe going to to help kind of raise some funds post hurricane here which is great to see and and we'll be sure to share that link too so that people listening to this can kind of help you guys out here with anything that you need moving forward with the year but before I let you guys go anything else that you you want to mention that we didn't get to touch on so so far I'll just uh touch on that GoFundMe I mean obviously first and foremost we we really do appreciate you know you guys plugging that that link for us as crazy as it sounds like the budget's already tight and the fact that we may have to go 
200 miles the other way to the other coast to get some ice time or up to Tampa, you know, trying to get guys there, trying to pay for the ice. You know, do we bus there? Do we sleep overnight? Is it a 15 minute practice? And then we come back home. So, I mean, you, you kind of see what I'm saying. So anything that people can help us out with is going to be, you know, these guys lives, you know, that's, this is all we're here for is to play hockey. And, you know, some of these kids on our team, you know, they're, they're, they're getting pennies together to try to, you know, get their tuition paid for and anything that people help out with is awesome. And we can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. I'll piggyback off that and just say it, it, anything helps. A lot of the boys are trying to get their stuff together so we can play and just thanks for uh, sending it out to people. Yeah, of course. And thank you guys for coming on. I know it's kind of short notice. I'm glad we got this organized for this week and, and hopefully you guys will be on the ice sooner rather than later and, and wish you guys the best of the luck. Uh, in this upcoming season this was awesome appreciate you and uh good luck this year yeah this was a lot of fun i'm glad my uh, wi-fi turned on so we could get this done <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually usually we, we roll our eyes when guys have wi-fi problems or, or technical <laughs> difficulties on our end but we would have cut you some slack tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks man appreciate it once again thanks to jc and spence for joining us this week we're wishing them the best of luck truly can't even imagine what they've gone through the last couple weeks here uh, but looking forward to seeing how they can overcome this and kind of get back with their community and playing games at Hertz uh, sooner rather than later. Plenty of games to watch this week. We'll start in ACHA men's division one action. Adrian is taking on Dearborn. That's going to be Thursday night. Adrian loves to play those Thursday night home games. A lot of NCAA teams on the weekends, so they get to start early on the week. They'll get to start on Thursday night. Puck drops between two of the top teams in Michigan and the ACHA. Uh, then on Friday night, the University of Oregon Ducks host Arizona State. I believe it's going to be Greek night, opening night, first real test for Oregon at the Division One level here. Oregon could be the first team to get a win against a Division One opponent, so we'll have to keep our eyes on that one. But yeah, ASU, another really good team. They beat Utah this weekend. We'll watch for that one, but good luck to the Ducks in their first game at the Division One level. Saturday, we have Grand Valley State taking on Adrian. Grand Valley State will be the home team here, like we mentioned before. They're white hot. Adrian will be coming off that game against Dearborn. Uh, Saturday night, we have a huge matchup in Division Two. Uh, Mary is taking on University of Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota kind of gave Mary a run for their money at the start of last year. That's why we got this one circled. A lot of good players on that Minnesota team coming out of Minnesota high school and then just deciding to go to the U for school and they, those kids can play so you uh, Mary will have their hands full on Saturday Friday night we got a women's matchup Minot State versus Maryville this one's going to be at Mesa early test for the Minot State women Stick with Friday night. DePaul is going to face off against Marquette in some Division II men's action at Johnny's Ice House. Revenge game for DePaul, who's off to a great start. Uh, they got bounced by Marquette in the playoffs last year. So big revenge game for the Blue Demons. Friday night as well, we got men's three action. University of Nebraska, they're undefeated, taking on Mizzou, two top teams in Division Three ACHA. Friday night, Kentucky will host NC State at the Lexington Ice Center. Kentucky, 7-0 start the year nc state's looking to get back in the wind column after dropping one to their rival this past weekend and i'm sure that place is gonna be rocking for nc state to come to town bonus wanted to give a shout out to niagara they're coming off a, a strong weekend performance against liberty didn't get the results that they wanted but they'll be debuting their stay alternate jerseys this weekend uh, for suicide prevention awareness great set of unis can't wait to see them in action but that brings us to the game of the week friday night Minot State is hosting Liberty in Division I men's ACHA action at Pepsi Rink at Mesa Arena. Top five teams in the country. We talked about it. Niagara was kind of that first test for Liberty. Minot coming off a weekend sweep against Jamestown. The Flames traveled to Minot last season and were not able to get a win. Collins, who are you going with this week? I'm picking Minot. It's like it's just a 50-50 coin toss for me. Like they're both really good teams. They both played two similarly ranked teams last week uh, in the Jimmies and Niagara. I actually legit just flipped a coin. Heads was Minot, tails was Liberty. So we'll see if that pays. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm going Minot. Glick, what are you thinking this week? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking in the same way as uh, Aiden. There's two really good teams that could really go either way. I think I'm just going to give it to my not just because. 
Yeah, I, and it's funny. Two teams in, in the top of the rankings. I looked because I know I had it in the notes that Minot had swept them last year in Minot. Forgot that they also swept Liberty on Star Wars weekend last year. So in the last four matchups, Minot has had the upper hand here. And I know Liberty made it a little further in the playoffs than Minot did with that opening night upset at Nationals to Ohio. I'm thinking the Flames have a bad taste in their mouth. I think they're going to get one on Friday night. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a split like you were talking about that coin flip, but I think that the Flames coming off that that test against Niagara, I, I liked what Colin said about two teams. They played equal level teams last week. I think Jamestown and Niagara are both in that same category. Um, I think it's all about travel. Can the Flames adjust to the travel? They play really well at home. They'll have their first real test on the road against Minot State, and I think they're gonna they're thinking they're gonna do well on Friday night here. Uh, Herm, no surprise. Herm is going with Minot State. Fitz is with me. He's going Liberty this weekend. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Those teams are going to play on Friday night and then again on Saturday. That brings us to the question of the week. What team have you been most impressed with so far this year? We've talked about a lot of different teams so far. I think most of the answers here are teams we've already talked about. We'll just give them another shout out here. Collins, who are you going with to start us off? Uh, I'm going with Niagara. You know, having played them last year, I, I didn't think that they'd be able to, you know, lose by, what was it, 5-4 against Liberty, right? I think they really put up a great showing against Liberty and you know gave them their first actual game of the season. So pretty impressive team, and they're uh, going to be a good team to watch this year. Yeah, like we mentioned. They got Rutgers this weekend. They should be able to handle Rutgers, I would think, especially debuting their new alternate jerseys. They'll play Friday night at 8.30 and again on Saturday at 8.30. Glick, who are you going with as your, your kind of team that's hot to start the year? Yeah, I'm going to show some love to Division Two and specifically University of Kentucky. I mean, they're 7-0 right now, and that is not an easy task. And not only that, they always put on a great show for their home fans, so they've just been an absolute wagon to start the year right now. I think that's got to be a, a tough play, and I wish Fitzy was here to, to talk about it, but that's got to be a tough place to play, especially early on in the year, especially playing at midnight. That place is always rocking. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like on Friday night when uh, NC State comes to town and we get to see two of the top teams at the D2 level face off against each other. And I think it'll be a, I, I think it'll be a test for the, the Wildcats. They swept UNC a couple weekends ago and UNC handled NC State. So we'll see how it goes. For the ice pack. Uh, the team that I'm going to feature, one that we got a lot of DMs about, is Illinois State. I think it was a team, they were pretty confident going in that they had a really good group this year. And I think they've shown it sweep over Missouri State, getting one from Maryville. I think they kind of have what it takes here. And I hope they can continue to string wins together here as the season goes on. Really surprised with the way that Illinois State, they've kind of walked the walk. And, and talk the talk. So good to see that. That's a team, like I said, hope to see them down the road doing well as the season continues. But yeah, that, that, that wraps it up. Really looking forward to this weekend. Like I said, we're hosting Drexel. Who you guys got again this weekend? I got Towson. Are you happy? I said it right. <laughs> Very, very happy. Yeah, we got nothing this weekend. We we're uh, we're on fall break, so but we immediately come back play uh, home and home against Lehigh. So um, yeah, looking uh, looking forward to that. All right, plenty of action all around, and we thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And uh, hope everyone has a great weekend.